Welcome to episode 49 of the Champs and Chums podcast. I'm Anthony. And I'm Ashton. Father-son fun talk on sports, life, and friendship. Coming up on episode 49, we'll knock it out of the park with a sing and a belt. We'll go one-on-one and best of with Blue Jays broadcaster and sports media personality, Barry Davis. Father-son free-for-all has been struck by Blue Jays fever. We'll go gold, silver, bronze for favorite Toronto Blue Jay managers. And we'll head for home on episode 49 with our special segments. All Pro Go, a Did You Know Sports Spotlight, and Champs and Chums personal salutes to our stars on and off the field. That's all coming up on episode 49 of the Champs and Chums podcast. Thanks for listening. Welcome back to Champs and Chums. Happy September, everybody. We hope you're doing well. It's Anthony and Ashton in the broadcast booth. So glad that you're with us here in this uh, first fall 2023 edition of Father-Son Fun Talk. It's Champs and Chums, episode 49. We're so glad that you're with us. We hope you're having a great month thus far. And it's now my privilege. It is my pleasure to introduce my forever champ and chum, my co-host, the star of the show, Ashton. Ashton, how you doing, my man? I'm doing great, and I can't wait to start off episode 49. 49 episodes, Ashton. We're getting closer to that milestone, I tell you. Yes, we are. So, um, well, listen, as we kick off every, uh, every start of the show, fans, all 49 episodes in Champs and Chums, we're not changing a thing. We're going to kick it off and catch up, Ashton, and all the uh, great uh, free-for-all things as you started September. And of course, Ashton, September is a very special month because, you know, I kind of find, you know, um, the unofficial uh, close to the summer uh, with Labor Day. um, That was sensational, actually. We'll talk about that in a sec. Um. But it's the start of school. So let's start off uh, with letting the fans know how has been the uh, early, early experiences being a grade six student. Well, it's been amazing. Uh, I get to see my friends again, uh, get to learn. And uh, grade six, uh, I think it's middle school in Ontario, I believe. Maybe it's not. But, uh, yeah, it's just great to get back with my friends, great to learn. Um, What are your favorite subjects? You you talk about that thirst for learning, and we talk about it a lot here on Champs and Chums. The ability to be curious, to learn, to explore, to discover, to talk, to have an opinion. Uh, What are some of those subjects that uh, you can let the fans know that are uh, big on your list? Well, uh, definitely phys ed is first. Um, yeah, that was one of my favorites too. Also, probably English. English is a very great subject. 
Um, I also do like social studies. I like learning about history, especially Canadian history, and uh, it's just a great topic. Well, that, that's amazing, man, and uh, good good set of teachers, good uh, yep. homeroom teacher. Yeah. Uh, had a chance to meet her. Uh, shout out to uh, maybe a new friend of the show, uh, Miss Donoso. Yeah, uh, and Miss Talk. And and Miss Talk, yeah, and uh, Mr. Elliot, you got a new phys ed. Speaking yeah. of uh, your favorites, Mr. Elliot, he he actually had a bit of background with basketball. Yeah, uh, he uh, is in the Monarchs basketball program program, and um, he he uh, and the Monarchs uh, they get uh, usually sometimes they get tickets to go down to the nine oh five games. So he said, "Well." Uh, We'll uh, see him there, and uh, yeah, he's well, been a great awesome. te- gym teacher. Shout out to a new uh, team member uh, over at Ashton School, Mr. Coach Elliott. Coach yeah. Elliott. Call him Coach Elliott. That's great. Um, well, listen, we're going to get into the 905 talk in a sec, but fans, I kind of teased it a bit in the opening saying, you know, Labor Day, salute to the summer. Uh, Ashton, um, we had some father-son fun. Um, it all started out on a lovely day, lovely morning, very early tee-off. Uh, would have been our, our, our final um, golf round for the summer. Maybe we can sneak in one or two more before then, but maybe you can talk a little bit of our experience there. But the um, the, the bigger experience that ended up being, uh, uh, how could I say, amusing, because it was sort of an amusement experience, was over at the CNE. But uh, start off with the golf and we'll go into the CNE. Uh, yeah, so uh, it was Labor Day weekend, I believe, uh, or just before that, and um, we went golfing at Peel Village. It's a really nice course. Um, Great public course here in Brampton. Yeah. They do such a fine job with the uh, the greens, fairways, uh, you know, the and, and the, um, yeah, the, the greens were in great shape. Yeah, uh, and we were paired up with, uh, I guess, two new friends of the show, Brandon and PB. Oh, that's right. Shout out to Brandon and PB. PB's got quite a, quite a following in social yeah. media. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, we had a great time uh, with them, and uh, they, they're they're learning the game as are we. Uh, but everybody kind of had some nice shots. Yeah, we all did. That's great. That's great. And then. Uh, Oh, yes, then there was the stopover at uh, somewhere you haven't experienced in, um, I guess, the GTA. was. Um, we had a great time, uh, pancakes and father-son, f- father-son fun talk at the world-famous IHOP. Yeah, that, that's right. We After that, we went to IHOP. We had a great meal there. and then, Great food and great service. Yeah, um, it was uh, amazing. Uh, and, yeah, the food was really good, and that was my favorite. First time at IHOP, but you say I went in Niagara, Niagara. Falls. Yeah, yeah, we'd been um, oh several years back. I don't think I remember that. But well, you remembered that one. So uh, shout out to the good staff over at um, IHOP. IHOP uh, four ten and Steels, uh, great spot there if you're looking for some uh, world famous pancakes, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, well, let's get to the main dance, Ashton, because um, you know it, it's been a while. Like, you know, I say amusement uh, park, but uh, it's more an experience. The CNE kind of, as I was growing up as a kid, Ashton, was sort of that that symbol to the salute to the summer. Like, it was almost the end of the summer, right? And um, and so this was your, uh, I guess, second time experience yep, going to the time. CNE. But it's been a, quite a gap. Um, 
care to tell the fans what was sort of out and about over at the uh, the Canadian National Exhibition? Well, uh, we got there early, uh, and we got a parking spot, uh, which if because if you come late, you might not get a parking spot. But um, so we, Ashton, we got to qualify. We say we got there early. The gates opened at ten, and what time did we roll in there? Like 8.30? So that that's dear old dad again. Always yeah. the planner. Just wanting to get door-to-door service. So anyways, yeah, great parking spot. And carry on. And uh, when we got in there, so much games, so much food. Um, and apparently CNE has like some of the weirdest like food like combinations. Yeah, I guess weird and wild would be one way to describe it, but edible. Yeah, that's true. Like, we never got a chance to try the watermelon burger. Yeah. Because uh, we couldn't find our way there when we were coming back because it started raining. We were going to just get it and then go, but we couldn't find our way there. Well, we had accomplished. You, you dial back to the end there. But I tell you, from about 9 o'clock, when the gates didn't even open for us to be able to walk around, make our steps, make our plans, to when we left at around 3.30... We covered a lot. Yeah, we covered a lot. Including finding the one ninety nine pasta, everybody. It used to be $0.99 cents, that spaghetti. Now it's, they increased it by a yeah, dollar. Yeah, everything's gone up in price. Yep. Now $1.99, but a heck of a deal. Uh, what were some of the highlights? Um, Probably that like bus you can go on like that. It's a, like a free bus that... Uh, goes oh, the people to stops. Mover. Yeah, the you know, pe- most kids would say uh, instead of a people mover being the ride, it would have been something like the flyer or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> any any chances you're getting on those rides? Uh, I'm not sure. Um, the air show was really really nice. Oh yes, how yeah. can we forget that? There's some great great content up on our social uh, from the CNE. A great experience. Uh, we took you kind of right behind the scenes. What was your uh, uh, what was your thoughts on the air show? We we got some really great uh, ringside seats for that. Uh, it was amazing. Um, we saw the uh, Thunderbirds and the uh, Blue Angels. Blue Angels, right? But then, as we left, I think the Snowbirds the came Canadian, in. Canadian, yeah. They Canadian. were so loud. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah, yeah. It's. Uh... I, I mean, some people, I guess, would bring their ear earplugs, but yeah. it was certainly a lot of people brought their binoculars because the precision, the speed, the sounds, right? Yeah. Uh, lightning fast, right? Uh, what's that song by Coldplay, The Speed of Light or something like that? Um, anyways, uh, great time there at the CNE. Uh, I mean... I think that's one of the things about the CNE. People just sort of maybe think about the rides, Ashton, but there was so much else to do. There was a farm there. We ran into a friend of the show, the alpaca. Yeah. Remember? Uh, maybe it was the same one that we saw down uh, down the, the road there at the uh, City of Brampton event at Christmas time. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, you know, there's people might think about the rides and attractions, but there's so much things to cover there and um also on the air show uh it doesn't look like they're going fast but in the air they're going like 400 500 oh, miles per hour yeah yeah i mean it's you know they're 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 going like uh, warp speed yeah i mean the um yeah the g-force too mm-hmm. that some of these 
accomplished pilots, more than accomplished, like they're probably like professors of, of, of pilotry. Yeah. They have to have so much precision. You think about when they do those twists and turns, the G-force they must feel, right? When they're going upside down, inside out. Anyhow, amazing display, great experience. It was great to be back at this CNE. But speaking of great experiences, Ash, and I, I'm really surprised it's taken us this long to step up to the plate because it's September baseball, everybody. The Toronto Blue Jays are in an absolute exciting playoff race. Uh, it is a pennant race right now, as they called it in the old days. Um, it is a dogfight. And our Blue Jays, at the time of this recording, are inside the wild card position, Ashton, with a chance to play in, in the playoffs for the wild card. And, uh, you know, fans, if you haven't had a chance, uh, because we've presented all 49 episodes of Champs and Chums, the show end of it by audio, we're going to tell you that your, your Champs and Chums, your co-hosts here, Anthony and Ashton, are in the playoff cheer spirit. We've got our nice-looking Blue Jay caps on. Uh, we don't have the jerseys on, but Ashton, this new era cap that I just got at our last visit, oh, that was our second last visit there. It was the game before Texas, Kansas City. We're going to talk about the game in a sec. It is a fine-looking hat, if I must say so myself. Yeah, it's a really nice hat. It's like a all-blue Jays logo mesh mesh hat. Yeah, it's looking great. Looking yep. great. Seven and five-eighths, my man. Yeah. Seven and five-eighths hat. I, I got a big, uh, big melon. <laughs> You know, uh, seven and five eighths, everybody. I actually probably, I was told by the, the, um, the, one of the staffers there at the J shop, I probably could have gone even a little bit, but I kind of like mine a bit more snug. So I actually could have gone to the next, next level, Ashton. So uh, to get that one and next the Jays level need to go and the Jays need to go next level. Yeah. So anyways, nonetheless, great time. Um, they swept the Kansas city Royals. I was an amazing, uh, victory. And it was your final run around the bases at Junior Jays. Uh, yeah, that's true. Um, that was the last. That was the last time for the season that I was going to be doing the the Junior Jays run the bases. You actually thought it was that day. Um, that was the final of the season. Yeah, I, I got the wrong press release or something on that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, so I was touting it. You might have heard it in some of the content, everybody, on our social channels, that it was the last. I stand corrected here. I will make a correction here in episode 49. The final one, that was the penultimate, the second final. Yeah. Just before the final, the penultimate uh, Junior Jays of the season. Uh, that wrapped up at the time of this recording last weekend, Ashton, uh, when the Jays uh, also had a great come-from-behind win. They're playing great ball. Uh, the fans want to know um, from Ashton, are they going to make the playoffs? Um, well, as we're speaking, the Jays are playing right now against the Yankees. Um, but I honestly think if they keep this winning streak going, um, they've all already won two against the Yankees, and they're going for the sweep tonight. They're facing a really good pitcher, Garrett Cole. Um, I think they can go for the sweep. If they keep playing like this, they're going to have a definite spot in the playoffs. Well, yeah, it's good habits, right, Ashton? You can't hide 
you can't hide bad habits at this time of the year. You got to put your your best game forward. I I really like the way that uh, John Schneider, uh, uh, champ and chum of yours, uh, we'll talk about that a little later on. Uh, the way he's his in game his in game management over the last few games have really improved. He's made some really really nice decisions. I remember the game just last weekend at the time of this recording. The the, the Boston series uh, took. Um, Took uh, Chapman. Innings. Took Chapman. Yeah, third. Took Chapman out of the the inning. They were down. Uh, shifted. Uh, I can't remember who the fielder was. Was brought in Kevin Biggio, and Biggio had had a big hit. So I mean, things are working. Their pitching staff has been the MVP all season. I mean, those four guys: um, uh, Barrios, Kikuchi, uh, Gosman, Gosman, and and uh, and. Um, uh, uh, Chris Bassett. Chris Bassett. But I mean, I mean, if as long as Kikuchi gets the fourteen hours sleep, yeah. action, right? He's good, man. I tell you, I don't even think I get fourteen hours sleep across uh, two and a half days. <laughs> Anyhow, um, big time for the Blue Jays. We're all behind him. In fact, Ashton and fans, we're so much behind him. We're going to put the energy and passion into it as we always do. We um, we kind of been making a little bit of a habit of this, Ashton. We've been cracking open um a beverage yeah to help boost our energy over the course of 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 each show and uh we're looking at um a brand here that's been in the news for maybe not the greatest reasons they file for bankruptcy but uh nonetheless it is a great brand it's biosteel and this one ashton why don't you describe for the fans which one we're going to do a taste as of in here and uh, of of right now and um fans we can guarantee you that we have not opened this package uh, well, we are going to try the Blue Jays one, the, ple- the peach blueberry flavored sports drink. And on the back here, I just read it before we started recording. It said, uh, Toronto Blue Jays fans can get a taste of the big leagues with the limited edition BioSteel flavor. Peach blueberry, whether you're t- taking the bump, sealing second, or celebrating a walk-off, you can stay hydrated with the official sports drink of the Blue Jays. Love that marketing, everybody. Okay, Ashton, I'm going to give this a shake, everybody. You can all hear right. it here. Another live test. This all started, everybody. If you remember our episode, uh, I believe, 37 guest, uh, Nick Kiprios, uh, dad tried. No, uh, it was Little Buddha. Yeah. Um, so we're going to take a, a, a drink here, a little pause. Three, two, one. Mm, that is very good. Yeah, that's good. It has got a peachy flavor. That is the Blue Jays version, the sports hydration drink itself, BioSteel. We'll be having a little bit of as we carry on with the show. So, Ashton, um, you know what? Uh, we're we're going to save that Raptors 905 talk. Um a, a little bit, a bit, little bit later on, maybe next episode, perhaps, because we want to keep this Blue Jay hit parade going, Ashton. Yeah, we do. You know, um, it's not often, Ashton, and fans get a chance to to be in their seats and enjoy the game. You're watching it on television. You're listening it onto the radio, but very few people who are talented in the world of television and broadcasting go on the field, display their craft. And they tell a story and they interview some of the key players and share some of the excitement and drama of Blue Jays baseball. Now, Ashton, why am I saying all of this? Because this is going to segue to our special guest. That's right. We have, fans, a a popular, 
among all the broadcasters, among the most popular of Blue Jays broadcasters in the history of Blue Jays baseball broadcast, Ashton, tell them who's coming up on the show. A star Blue Jays broadcaster and sports media personality, Barry Davis. Oh, what an outstanding guest we have on episode 49 this month. You don't want to miss it. Barry Davis, the popular Blue Jays broadcaster who was there, Ashton, on the field in those big drives of 2015, 2016. This is when Barrios, you remember the, the, the bat flip? Batistas. Oh, sorry. Uh, I remember last game you said to, to someone, or was it me? Um, oh, yeah. You said uh, to one of the uh, staff working for the Jays, uh, you said there was a huge lineup for the Barrios bobblehead. Oh, the Barrios. Well, there was a big lineup for the yeah. Barrios bobblehead. But you were was... talking about the Batista. Yeah. Well, you know, Ashton, you get 50 years bold and, and, and things just start coming together and things you lose a little bit of it. But all to say, Barry Davis was the man that was doing the interviews. Like when they when they won that series, and remember that uh, all those uh, locker room shots with the goggles on and the champagne flowing? Yeah. There was Barry Davis in the middle of it, capturing all that drama, all that excitement of some two great Blue Jays drives. Gibby was the manager then. And of course, everybody, Barry Davis, not only known for his, his, his stellar work with on the Blue Jays broadcast, but also in many other sports. He was a, a, a beat reporter uh, for Sportsnet for the Raptors. He covered the Maple Leafs. He, was, uh, he starred on the Fan 590 uh, almost close to one of the OGs, Ashton. And uh, yeah, I've known Barry for a real long time through the wonderful world of sports. He's gone on to do some incredible things. Um, in addition to some of the uh, musical entertainment he and his touring bands provide, um, he's doing some great work. He's multi-talented. He's the five-tool guy. As they say in baseball, that's Barry Davis coming up here on Champs and Chumps. Okay, good stuff, Ashton. You wanted to mention something before we get to free-for-all. Yeah, um, I remember you told me that uh, uh, Barry Davis talked to Minonori Kawasaki. Uh, he was a great player for the Jays. Well, I tell you, if you go on YouTube... Sorry, I just had another swig, just so you know, everybody, of this Very wonderful good. drink. Very good. I would highly recommend it. On sale, actually, now at, uh, at Freshco. One ninety nine. Getting back to this Barry, so Barry Davis has had the opportunity to interview stars of the game, stars in sports, but some of the most entertaining ones was the thing he had going with Munanori Kawasaki, who was an entertainer himself, and he was talking about bananas and cramping all the time, but when he said cramp, it, it almost sounded like he said crap. <laughs> I cramp all the time. No, I crap all the time. Which one is it? Anyways, you got to check that on YouTube. That's uh, some of the the funny, amusing, and entertainment stuff about being, uh, I guess, a field reporter and host, as Barry was during the, the broadcast. But Lashton, let's, let's continue here. All this Blue Jays talk, all this great Blue Jays energy, Ashton, has gotten me thinking, gotten us thinking, fans, that we want to salute uh, Blue Jays. And, you know, you've heard us talk about Blue Jays players, but it's the field generals, it's the skippers, it's the leaders in the clubhouse that are not the players, but the managers 
that actually have something to say when we get into September baseball, and they play a big role when it comes to championship um, pedigree, championship plans, and ultimately um, championship success. So your, your champs and chums here, father and son, would be proud now to present to you father-son favorite Blue Jays managers. And I'll just qualify this, Ashton, because we had kind of a, it almost like it was an, a, an arm wrestle uh, off air because it's difficult. Uh, some of the ones that you've selected as your favorites are just as much a favorite of mine and, and also the ones I selected just as much favorite yours. So we have many, and there are probably more we could add. But as we do, Every episode we provide at this time, father-son free-for-all, gold, silver, bronze for favorite Blue Jay managers. Ashton, over to you for your bronze. My bronze medal is Buck Martinez. Oh, get up, ball, get up, ball, and gone. I love that. I love the way <laughs> he says that. Uh, so, well... How could I start, because he's such an amazing broadcaster, and I had the pr pleasure, Ashton, to watch him as a player. Him and Ernie Witt were a platoon, but you're going to share a little bit about um, more about Buck Martinez, and then also maybe talking about him. When, when was he the manager of the Jays? Uh, he was the manager of the Jays for only one season. It uh, looks 2001 to 2002. Yeah. couple seasons. Oh, a couple seasons, sorry. There you go. Keep going. Um, he uh, was a catcher and a manager. He uh, batted right and threw right. His MLB debut was June 18, 1969 for the Kansas City Royals. And his last MLB appearance was October 3rd, 1986 for the Toronto Blue Jays. Well, so yes. So that's the great stuff you mentioned as a player. Now I'm going to the stuff as a manager. Because, you know, he had a bit of a struggle. I remember he used to get in a few uh, verbal dust-ups with the umpire. I remember Buck had, a, Buck had a bit of a temper when he got going. Uh, first year, struggled 80 and 82. And then into that second season that we spoke of earlier, he was fired 53 games into the season after only posting 20 wins. And then Carlos Tosca, my name for Blue Jay fans there, Carlos Tosca took over. Um, but Buck, not just as a, as a manager of the, um, of the Jays, but also Team USA here. Yeah, in the World Baseball Classic. That's right. Well, I mean, Buck Martinez, I mean, as a player, he, you know, I think those kind of players, especially catchers, they make amazing broadcasters because the way that their POV on the game is, is exciting. I love Buck, uh, calling games and, uh, he, he's, he's a legend around Blue Jay circles and you've had a chance to see him up close a little bit, Ashton. Yeah, uh, when we go down early, when the gates open. We always go down early. Yeah, we always go down early. And uh, we will see Buck, and he's uh, talking to the Jays players, and he's getting a report on them before he broadcasts. Doing his work. He's yep. putting, putting the work in before the broadcast, getting down at field level, during batting practice, talking to some of the sh movers, shakers, players, coaches, execs. Uh, so he, he's, he's, uh, he's, he works hard. He puts in the work. We love, we love him. He's a, he's your bronze medalist for favorite Blue Jay manager. And might I say, he would probably get my, my, my gold for the finest quaff, the great hair, Buck Martinez. Love it. Yeah. All right. Good stuff. So that's Ashton's bronze medal for favorite Blue Jay manager. Um, 
Buck Martinez. Over to Dad for my bronze medal. This kind of follows up, Ashton, on Buck Martinez because Martinez took over for this guy. His name is uh, a baseball uh, fans would know this name very well. It's Mr. Jim Fragosi. That's right, everybody. Jim Fragosi. Um, you know, certainly as a player, but as a manager, I remember, and we all would remember, Jim Fragosi was in the World Series on the other side of the dugout, Ashton, in 93, where our champion chum for episode 20, Rob Butler, was there. Jim Fragosi was the manager. He, uh, he managed the Jays from 99 to 2000. Uh, on the playing side, he was a six-time All-Star, gold glover, Jim Fragosi. But yeah, um, a lot of people don't remember that um, he was a manager for the Blue Jays from uh, 2000 and um, I had it right here, 2000 and, and sorry, 1999 to 2000. So that's Jim Fergosi. He just um, had the role just before Buck took over. Yeah. Good stuff. And uh, yeah, I mean... Um, He's uh, since uh, he's since uh, 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 sadly, actually, I, I, I'm sad to report that Jim Fergosi died, uh, Ashton, in 2014. I, I, I'm sorry I didn't catch that, but I, I'm, I'm uh, reporting it now for the fans. Uh, Jim Fergosi, a legend in baseball circles, was a former Blue Jay manager, the late great Jim Fergosi. Ashton, over to you for your silver medal. My silver medal is Gibby, John G- Gibbons. Gibby. Everybody loves Gibby. Yeah. Well, let's let's share a little bit more because John Gibbons had, um, uh, I, I guess, two um, two runs at, at at Jay's manager, right? Uh, he had like a return, a, re- yeah. a, re- a, a return tour of duty. Yeah, he did. So when was he the Blue Jays manager? He was the Blue Jays manager 2004 to 2008, and then he came back in That's 2013 right. to 2018. 2013 to 2018, and then, you know, new leadership with uh, Ross Atkins, Mark Shapiro. He he uh, he was let go, and then they brought in, um, uh, they would have brought in Charlie Montoya, and then Montoya to, to, to the, the our current uh, skipper, uh, John Schneider. But yeah, Gibby, um, well, first of all, speaking of podcasts, the Gibby podcast is very popular. He's doing really well with that. Yeah. What 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 do you like about it? Uh well it's a great podcast. I've been seeing uh when I go watch YouTube shorts, I've been seeing ads on it. Um and it's a great podcast. Well, I think well, it's a great podcast because also he's got great guests. Yeah. Like he had Jose Batista on there. Yeah. He's had uh uh Adam Simber, he's had uh man, he's had Hall of Famers on there. Like from media to baseball executives, he's uh, he's had see bad Buck Martinez on there just the other day. So this guy, he knows his baseball. But why why do you think people love John Gibbons? We were there at the Jose Batista induction ceremony for the level of excellence, and I would say after Batista, the loudest ovation What's was for, for Mister John Gibbons. Why Ashton? Why? I'm gonna say because. He was manager at that time, uh, and you know it was it. They were a very great team, lots of great players on there, and um, yeah, he he managed a really 
great team and a great Jays team. I just think he had a great approach, too. Yeah. Gibby's the kind of guy you hear him talk. Like, you just love to have a beer with him. Well, maybe not you. Uh, maybe when you're of age. But love to have, like, a, a beer with John Gibbons and just sort of talk shop about anything. He'd make it very entertaining and intriguing. So that is uh, John Gibbons, Ashton Silver Medal. Now, over to Dad. And I'm going to date myself here a little bit, everybody. Because this man is a, a managerial legend, uh, and he had some great runs with the Toronto Blue Jays, and his name is Bobby Cox. That's right, everybody. Bobby Cox, I still remember him and the way that he would hustle up to the mound, uh, that Bobby Cox, I tell you. Um, Bobby Cox, now 82 years old. His major league, major league debut was April 1468 for the Yankees. And uh, as a manager, of course, he managed the Blue Jays from 1982 to 85. And then he moved on to, to, to uh, manage the Atlanta Braves uh, to, uh, to two World Series uh, in 77 and uh, 95. Uh, he won two World Series. That actually might have been as a, as a, as a player, Ashton. My, uh, sorry, as a, as a bench coach, looks like. Uh, four-time manager of the year. 85, 91, 2004, and 2005. He's in the uh, Baseball Hall of Fame. That's uh, Bobby Cox. And uh, yeah, he, he just kind of is a real throwback, right? Uh, knew his baseball, high level of baseball IQ. And when he got um, with the Blue Jays from 82 to 85, uh, under his leadership uh, over f that for those four years, he steadily improved the team. And uh, they finished first place in 85. You remember in the American League East? Went to the American League Championship Series, faced the Kansas City Royals. I think it was that Jim Sunberg tripler went over the head of one of the outfielders. Uh, remember it very well. Uh, so that's uh, uh, 355 wins and 200 uh, as a Blue Jay manager. That's uh, Bobby Cox. I used to love uh, watching the Jays games, Ashen, just like we do now. Back in the day when Tony Kubek and Don Chevrier were doing the, the stuff on CTV. Uh, and Bobby Cox was the manager there. Uh, what do you think about that story? Well, that's an amazing story. I mean, uh, you've been watching the Jays since you were young. Long time. Yeah. Long time. And, uh, and he was a great skipper. Uh, knew his baseball, Bobby Cox. Okay, everybody. Uh, over now to the gold medals for favorite Blue Jays manager, uh, and Ashton, I, I think this one is, uh, you might be a little bit biased on this one, but I can see why you're going to, uh, announce him. So, uh, award this gentleman the gold medal. My gold medal is the manager of your Toronto Blue Jays, John Schneider. Are you trying to take Tim Langdon's job with, uh, with that great announcing there? I'm not sure. Well, I tell you, Schneids is, uh, he's a real gem and look what he did, right? I mean, well, tell him, well, you tell him a, a little bit more about John Schneider's, uh, career, managerial record, etc. Uh, so he was born in Princeton, New Jersey. Uh, he bats right and he throws right. Uh, his career statistics as a manager 
his managerial record is 126 wins and 93 losses, and his winning percentage is .575. Well, let's remember, fans, he took over in the middle of the season when um, Charlie Montoya was let go. Yep. And Schneids came into, I guess, a bit of a tough situation. You're kind of coming in as the, the new guy, no experience. No, I mean, no major league uh, um, uh, managerial experience other than maybe being a bench coach, right? Yeah. Which he did a, a, a fine job at. Uh, he comes in, he takes the team to the wild card game. Uh, your champs and chums, your co-hosts were there. Saw Alex Manoa. Uh, the, the wheels fall off. Game one, they lose the game. I believe it was a four-one. Yeah. Uh, decision. Um, they win the, they, they, and then they and then they um, they lose the next game, wasn't it? They they were up by like nine nine to one nine to one. And wait, that was so they they never won a game. They never won. They a game. never won a game. That's right. And so John Schneider was the manager then. So now now you know. Uh, he's got the full season under his belt. Um, you know, some people have questioned, uh, some of the, the in-game decisions he's made. Uh, I think he's done a really nice job. I think he's a great communicator. Um, I don't think it's, I think it's, it's hard being a sports manager because there's so many egos you have to massage. There's so many tough decisions you have to make. Well, that's life, right? Yeah. Um, but I think he's actually, I, like I saw that one when he took um, Chapman out of the game last mm -hmm. weekend in that Boston series, pulled him aside, clearly explained to him why he decided to do that. You got, you got to, you got to admire people like that, right? In any walk of life. But Ashton, you, I think the reason why you selected him because you and John Schneider kind of have a, a little bit of uh, some, some friendship going. Uh, yeah. Do you um, want to, some of the fans that didn't get a chance to hear your great story about you and Schneid's uh, sort of chewing the fat? Uh, yeah. So, uh, well, my dad signed me up in a raffle uh, to be. At, well, it was kind of a draw. Yeah, it yeah, was a draw, a, not a, a contest. Raffle. Yeah, yeah. Um, to uh, be at a press conference where you can ask John Schneider uh, or Santiago Espinal, but they never told you who the special guest was. Well, you was. were never guaranteed to ask a question too, right? So yeah. the fact you actually got in there. Yeah. Thanks to Hazel May. Yeah. Potential maybe a best of guest on the show. Uh, 2024. Yeah. Uh, so uh, went in there. Uh, it was a very nice experience. Uh, I think that's where they do all the post-game press conferences. They huh? do. All the post-game yeah. press So you were right in the room, Ashton. Yeah. And uh, had a great time. John Schneider said it was one of the best questions he's heard this year. Um, and I did get a baseball that day. Uh, it was an amazing day. Yeah, he had some complimentary words to say to uh, uh, the young cub reporter uh, sitting to the right of the broadcast booth here, everybody. And uh, you can check that all out on the Blue Jays YouTube channel because your champ and chum, the star of the show, Ashton, uh, really stole the show that day uh, in and amongst all the great questions. So great job, son. Um, so that's John Schneider, uh, Ashton's gold medal for favorite Blue Jay manager. Now it's time for dad to unveil my gold medal. And you can't question success. Let the ring show everybody, because my gold medal is the great, the legend, 
amongst, I believe, Blue Jay managers, Mr. Cito Gaston is my gold medal. And, of course, everybody remembers um, what he did as a Blue Jay manager. Two, two, uh, two tours of duty, 1982 to 89. And then 2000, I'm sorry, 1989 to 97. And then 2008 to 2010, you, you can't forget that he came back. But it was those formidable years in his first tour of duty, 92 and 93, two-time World Series champion, Cito Gaston. You know, we talked about leadership. Being a, a manager in sports is very difficult. A lot of egos to kind of massage, play with, hold players accountable, uh, despite their talents and their um, and their own objectives. Cito Gaston threaded that all together with all that that veteran laden team. Our episode twenty guest was a rookie at that time, Rob Butler. He was in the ninety three team. Cito Gaston, a member of the Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame. And Ashton, you got a story. Well, uh, yeah, you have maybe you have a little backstory why you picked uh, Cito Gaston. Well, you want me to put a little lumber in this father son fun talk? Well, I'll tell you the lumber is because, fans, Ashton is reminding me, and I haven't forgotten, in fact, I'll remember it forever, you and I drove up, uh, must have been almost a two-hour drive. To St. Mary's, Ontario. Saint, small town St. Mary's, big time for baseball, first time father-son experience at the Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame. Ashton, um, we had an amazing time, um... So many priceless things there, including Jada Lee's ball yep. uh, that she pitched at the Canada Games. But I walked away with, among many memories, a nice memento because there was only 100 bats made when Cito Gaston got inducted into the Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame. I have an autographed baseball bat, everybody, a Cito Gaston. Yeah. Ashton, uh, how did you feel when you saw that and we were going through all the different kind of autographed items? Uh, yeah, so they have autographed bats, autographed balls, and, uh, they also have autographed cards, I believe. Uh, but, yeah, you chose the Cito Gaston bat, and, uh, I have a question for you. Why did you choose Cito Gaston? Well, I had to leave with something Blue Jay. It's a great question, son. I had to leave with something Blue Jay for sure. Uh, I'll, I'll be honest with you as I was at the time when we were reviewing this, I'd be honest with the listeners as I always am. Uh, the price and the value sounded better than trying to get a, uh, Vladimir Guerrero senior bat or bald. He, there wasn't a bat available for Vladimir Guerrero senior, but there was a Vladimir Guerrero junior ball. I believe there was. Yeah. And I, I think for the price, uh, well, let, let me remind myself of the price. It was a $90 bat, I believe. Yeah. A $90, or it was an $80 bat, I think like, it was. Like, I think they do it, it depends on, like, who's had the better career, I guess. They well, make it more expensive. Well, I don't know. I, I, I'm not in the world of selling this, but I can tell you this. Cito Gaston, before he was manager, everybody, was the hitting coach of the Jays. Uh, I kind of thought it made sense, as opposed to getting a, uh, a signed baseball from Vladimir Guerrero Jr., which I know you don't have a signed baseball, but you're... We'll get into that a bit when we talk about our champs and chums segment. I won't. I don't want to steal your thunder, but I figured why not get a bat from a man that led the Blue Jays, probably the best manager the Jays ever had, 
And that's among many good ones, Cito Gaston. So there you go, everybody. That's our Blue Jays loving for father-son free-for-all. And Ashton, you're going to take us to break on episode 49. This ends our father-son free-for-all segment. More father-son fun talk coming up. You're listening to the Champs and Chums podcast. Father-Son Fun Talk, you're listening to episode 49 of the Champs and Chums podcast. And Ashton, it's now time for a next edition of our Best of segment. And what a championship guest we have for our fans this month. Hey Ashton, I got two questions for you, my man. Are you ready for a sing and a belt on episode 49? Sure am. Are you ready to knock it out of the park here on Champs and Chums? Of course. Well, our very special guest is a signature name, face, and voice in the world of sports media and among the popular broadcasters who have taken the field to cover your Toronto Blue Jays. He is celebrated for his range of talents that shine on his resume of sports accomplishments. Host, reporter, writer, producer, analyst, insider, speaker, and ambassador. He is recognized as the consummate five-tool guy. He starred for Sportsnet as Blue Jays on-field host and reporter. He also covered your Toronto Maple Leafs, Toronto Raptors, and many more big sports moments. He was an original of all sports radio in Toronto with the fan, debuting as a technical operator with 1430, and advanced into producing and reporting as the station further flourished as the fan 590. The impressive resume for our best of guests goes up more winning octaves when we sing his praises for mega musical talent. Together with his tribute bands, We Ain't Petty, Nowhere Man, Driven, and The Idiots, he has entertained fans of all ages each and every show. His range of professional know-how is vast. He hosted and produced his own podcast, Out of the Park, and also enjoyed time as a drive-home co-host on The Spin on Saga 960. He also proudly occupies the automotive sector for Honda Canada in his own committee of Bolton as a sales consultant. Ladies and gentlemen, we're pleased to be joined by popular Blue Jays broadcaster and sports media personality, Barry Davis. Barry, welcome to Champs and Chums. Thanks so much, Anthony and Ashton. And I'm going to tell you something. I've done... A lot of podcasts over the last several years since podcasts came around. That, Anthony, by far, is the sweetest, nicest introduction I've ever had. So thank you so much. Oh, well, you know what? Uh, So well-deserving. It is so great to catch up with you. You know, as we were uh, chatting off air, can you believe, Barry, it's been, it's got to be 25 plus years since we first connected in the wide world of sports and to have you come on the show here on Father Son Fun Talk with Ashton and I, I mean, it's just a real gift. So, uh, it, right back at you. It, it's just so sweet and and, and charming and, and thoughtful and and all those great things. And Ashton just sort of gave me a little fist bump here too when he heard you say what you said. So it really means a lot to us. Well, again, you know, we go back so many years, Anthony. Uh, back at Maple Leaf Gardens and you know you think about sitting up in that cramped press box <laughs> before we had the internet really That's right. right I mean you know we were all 
you know, newspaper guys were trying to get their stories in on time. And, you know, it was, oh, it was so much fun back in the day. And listen, technology is great. And I love that they have new arenas and, and new amenities. But there was there was a certain magic about Maple Leaf Gardens, especially for a young sports fan growing up in the city as a Leaf fan. And I bet you remember that first time, you know, you you walked into the gardens as a fan and, and, and then had a chance to walk into that dressing room. It, and I remember how surreal that was. That I'm standing in this Maple Leaf dressing room, you know? Yeah. Oh, sure was. I mean, it was a legendary place. It was uh, such a fine place to meet wonderful people uh, like you. And as we were saying off air, I mean, I think that's what's great great about the sports world. It's 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 not so much about... It, it is obviously about the great moments that happen on the field, on the ice, on the court. But so much happens off those platforms and behind the scenes and it's the wonderful people that kind of makes all the hours and effort that everyone puts in media public relations Mm -hmm. operations it makes it all worthwhile and as you know you end up spending more time with your media colleagues than you do with your family at times so i mean you develop some really strong friendships that that last a long time And, and as the case with you we can go years without even seeing or talking to each other and and we just, just pick, pick up, up where we left off, You right? know, it's so. I'm so glad you said that because, you know, uh, as I said, we've been able to keep in touch through uh, the great world of social and uh, been able to check out, uh, and we're going to get into the fine musical talent that, that you continue to do and the passion you have for it. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's what's so great about it. You just pick up like great chums do, and uh, so it's great to have you on the program. And, uh, yeah, it's uh, we're looking forward to this father-son fun talk here with special guest Barry Davis fans. And, uh, uh, Barry, why don't I kick it off here? It's Dad over here to the left of the broadcast booth. And, uh, you know, I took the fans and the listeners through that uh, impressive uh, resume that you have, sports, musical entertainment, uh, now in the automotive sector and, and, and other uh, uh, fascinating projects that you're involved in. But um, why don't you take the fans through your early interest and ambitions to get into uh, the world of sports media broadcasting and reporting? Well, it's a very interesting situation because growing up, I had a, a mother and father that were both in show business. Now, by the time I was born, they had both already run their course in the industry, but it was kind of in my DNA. And I, I spent a lot of my childhood uh, walking around with a little tape recorder uh, and a little microphone into the playground and literally interviewing kids when I was probably younger than Ashton. So there was always a part of me that wanted to get into entertainment. I always loved music. I loved singing. Uh, and, you know, I remember in 77 when the Jays came, then all of a sudden, you know, baseball really hit me. And, uh, as I got a little bit older into my teens, I started to really get an interest in, in the whole broadcasting uh, industry. But I always said to myself, you know, even into my late teens, how do you get into a business like that? Who do you got to know? How do how do I get, I remember what the first year the Rogers center opened and I just started dating my wife. Then it was 1989. We were sitting up in the 500 level and I looked over in the booth and I said to my wife, I said, one day I want to be in that booth. I want, I don't know how, I don't know who I have to know or how to get in, but I want to get in that booth. And, uh, it's so amazing that I had that opportunity, uh, you know, years later. That's great. And and the, the last bit of it, uh, we got nice and clear, so wherever you were uh, sitting and enjoying and ch- having father-son fun talk, that was a perfect spot, Barry, in the last part of that great answer. Did you, and, did you lose me for part no, of that? No, no, it didn't. It, okay. it just kind of just, um, uh, I don't know if the um, 
uh, it was maybe a bit close to the mic or, or something like that or the or the, or the phone but it, it yeah. uh, no we got that and uh okay, good. we'll pull that in so um so that's great and uh well that's fascinating as well too that your parents were involved in in uh in show business as well too was it uh like stage performance or well my dad was your typical 50s uh singer actor uh you know he was he was the big mc he would always bring on the other acts so he would do comedy he had a few little bit parts and stuff, but uh, it was a singing that was going to be his career. Unfortunately, uh, he, he battled the uh, demon called alcohol, which uh, prevented him from succeeding where he wanted to. But as far as just his raw talent, like he he had so much of it. I still have a couple of records that he cut back in the 60s that, uh, you know, whenever I want to hear his voice, because he's been gone now since 88. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, I can hear his voice every time I put on those records. So uh, I, I give a lot of praise and thanks to him for just the God-given ability and talents that, you know, I was able to inherit from him. And uh, mom was uh, mom was a dancer for many years, and they actually met together on the road because she was part of a big dance troupe, and they uh, they met uh, both uh, working. And, uh, you know, they, they ended up uh, being married quite a long time. Mom's still around. She's 91. She doesn't do much dancing now, but she's, uh, she's good. And, and what's her name, uh, Barry? My mom's name? Yeah, your mom's name. Yeah, her name is Gilda. Okay, well, shout out to Gilda, uh, a new friend of the show, new friend of Champs and Chums, and uh, that's so great, Barry. And uh, yeah, uh, it's amazing to hear. And you know, we talk about this a lot on Champs and Chums. Um, you know, uh, learning experience—it all starts from the home, and uh, you know, mm-hmm. it, all the great guidance that your your parents provide you uh, makes you go a long, long way. Good stuff. Well. Um, uh, Barry, uh, we talk a lot about this on the show, um, the importance of mentors, speaking of guidance and, and things. And, you know, we spoke about parents, but in, in an impressive career that you've uh, you've built on the uh, sports and the, uh, the the music music and entertainment side, uh, I'm sure there were some mentors, people that you think of. Uh, can, you, can you share with the fans maybe some people that really helped you build success uh, along the way? That's an easy one. Uh, two names come to mind right away, and uh, I don't know if Ashton's familiar with either of them, but I know you are, and many of your listeners will be. But uh, Tom Cheek and Jerry Howarth oh, wow. uh, were nice. instrumental in uh, in me actually getting on the air for the first time. I mean, uh, I remember my first job working uh, as a reporter at, at the fan for the Jays. My job was after the game to go in with the the media, stick a microphone into you know the scrum. Uh, which would be the the player talking to a number of media. And I'd run up to the booth and I'd hand the tape to a producer. And then Tom or Jerry would, would be on the show with uh, Scott Ferguson. And they would say, you know, our reporter Barry Davis was in the dugout or the clubhouse. Here's here's the tape. Well, one day Tom Cheek came up to me and said, let me ask you this. How come you're not introducing your own stuff? And I said, well, I've never been asked to. He says, okay, well, I think that's got to change. And a week later, I get a phone call from the program director at the fan and said, we want you to start coming on on the air with your stuff. And I'm like, wow. And I knew that was Tom. Um, So he was huge that way. And then in later years, uh, you know, after Tom passed away, um, I got to know Jerry so much better, especially uh, the last few years I was at Sportsnet and we were on the road together all the time. And man, like he was just he's just one of the, the greatest people you're ever going to want to meet, uh, not just in the industry, but in general. So those two guys, for sure, um, huge influences on, on me as a broadcaster. 
Oh, that's amazing. That's amazing. Uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, you know, Ashton would have listened to some of those great calls. In fact, Barry, uh, Ashton, why don't you tell Barry just that we're going to jump in with a little bit of a story because uh, the names of Tom Cheek and Jerry Howarth, when we went to the Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame, Ashton, as you looked at uh, some of the, probably the biggest moment in sport there, uh, you want to share that uh, display that you saw, the touch them all? Yeah, uh, they had at the Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame the home plate and Joe Carter's game-worn helmet from the 92? Yeah, World mm-hmm. Series. Uh, and Sorry, he, 90, 93. Sorry, there was uh, been that. Yeah, 93. Yeah, sorry. yeah 93, 93 was the home run. Yeah, 93 was the home run. Uh, he signed the uh, helmet. And he signs the home plate, and they put it in the Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame. That's right. That's, That's right. so cool. Let me ask you this, Ashton. I know this is not my 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 show, but I wanted to ask Ashton a question. Please. Have you had a chance to watch any of those games? Because you can find them on YouTube. And uh, I sometimes will go back and watch them just to relive those memories. Yes, I have uh, actually watched those games where, uh, you know, uh, big moments for the Jays, the winning the World Series, and uh, my dad has told me so many stories about when he was in was it university? Yeah, university. And the J when the Jays in won, Scarborough, yep. uh, mm. North on Kennedy Road, people on the street after they won in '92, just high fiving. As I'm just even driving with a car, you know, just high fiving yeah. each other. It was crazy, but and uh, I remember that night. Clearly, because I was going in to the fan for my overnight shift. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they just turned into all sports. And, and Storm and Norman Rumack, who you had on your show, That's right. uh, was scheduled to be the late night host. And the plan was we were going to take calls from the time the game ended till around maybe one or two in the morning. That was the plan. Um, then the Jays win the World Series that night, and we took calls all the way through to 6 a.m. when oh their morning my, show started. Oh, my goodness. And oh my it goodness. was so incredible. I mean, and you could hear the horns outside, even though we weren't in the heart of downtown uh, on Holly Street, which is like in the Young and Eglinton area. That's right. But, my goodness, it was it was such an amazing experience. I really hope, Ashton, for your sake, you get to experience uh, what it's like to, to be, you know, in the middle of, of your team winning a World Series. Uh, the way things were with the Raptors, was great but when the jays won those two world series i think it was even bigger and you know if if the leaf should ever win a, a stanley cup i hope in your lifetime ashton i'm not confident about mine but for yours maybe they do man i can't even imagine hey anthony what 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 the city of toronto would be like if the leafs won a stanley oh, cup because oh, we've oh, seen electric. the reaction from well, winning you know a game in round one well that's right just last uh last spring or sorry last summer i guess it was uh last spring sorry uh when they beat uh uh, Tampa Bay in the first round, it was like, uh, it was, it was bedlam on the streets. So, uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. anyways, great stuff. Well, let's get back to the chat. Uh, you're, you're sounding great in many parts, Barry. Uh, I know you're, you're, you'll be mindful of the, um, yeah. uh, the areas of where you're. Where I'm you're... not moving. I'm literally still and my phone is still. So okay. whatever it is, it's coming from, from the air. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. No worries at all. Okay. We'll keep going then. So now I'm actually going to bring into this fun father-son chat with our best of guest, Barry Davis, my co-host Ashton. Ashton, take it away. Barry, with your amazing work with the Jays and your amazing work with your tribute bands, uh, the fans would love to know some of your career, personal career highlights. 
Wow. That's actually a great question, Ashton. Um, from a reporter standpoint, uh, I think I would be remiss if I didn't say my number one memory was being in the camera bay the night of the uh, bat flip game. And it wasn't just the home run. The home run was like the icing on the cake. But it was everything that led up to that point, Ashton, where the Jays, you know, blew the lead. And there was this very strange play where the ball, uh, when Russell Martin tried to throw it back to the pitcher, it went off the bat of Sin Su Chu. And the ball was deemed to be in play. And a run scored. And fans went irate. And they were throwing things on the field. And I remember looking up thinking, I'm going to get hit in the head with a beer can here. So I was protecting my head. And then, you know, somehow the Jays made this miraculous comeback. So to me, that was the highlight. And then being able to be in that clubhouse with the team, uh, interviewing the guys while they were spraying champagne all over the place. It was... Well, and all over you too, Barry. All oh, over you I too. There's, vi- there's video evidence on online. I'm sure your fans and people have let you know. Like, uh... <laughs> I'm going to tell you something. I still have the goggles that I wore oh, those, you do. during those games. And those goggles still smell of champagne. Oh, yeah. I'm sure they do. I'm sure they do. Yeah. A lot of Dom Perignon and what what have you uh, was flowing yeah. that night. And our best of guest, everybody, is video evidence would show all over all, all over online. He was uh, right in the middle of it. Right in the middle. It was. It was fantastic. It was. It, 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 for those moments, I actually felt like I was part of the team. Well, thank goodness. And, I think I, sorry to interrupt, Barry. I, I thank goodness for Latroy Hawkins because I think yes. you were stuck in a, was it a cold <laughs> tub or something like it that? It was. It was, and, okay. and um, you know, nobody was going to accept the blame for throwing me in there, which I later found out was Mark Burley, which doesn't Burley, surprise me. Burley. <laughs> okay. So Burley, Burley threw me in, and Latroy was worried because I was live on the air at the time, so I was hooked up to some wires, and he thought I was going to get electrocuted. Oh, so he was man. like, of course, it wasn't it wasn't that kind of electricity. It was yeah. more like phone, right? But yeah, yeah. still, he was he was worried. I was just thinking, this is the most incredible moment of my life, oh, right? Yeah, <laughs> it sure was. So, that must have been a real real yeah. joy for sure. Good stuff. Well, uh, Ashton, you got some more for Barry. Well, you, did you wanted to know my career highlight for music? Yeah, too, let's right, do Ashton? the music yeah. because let's that is also another passion point for uh, for our special yeah. guest. Yeah. Well, okay, so. The number two moment would probably be the night that you came to see me, Anthony, because, you know, that's right up there for me. But uh, the number one moment I've had since I got back into the music industry was uh, in 2017 or 18, we had a chance to play the Peterborough Music Festival. And this was a huge stage and there was about 8,000 people. And it was just an incredible experience for me and all the guys in uh, We Ain't Petty. And I'll never forget that. We, for one night, we felt like real rock stars. We had our own trailer in the back. They had food for us. And, you know, we had, you know, different person to help us with our, our sound and our instruments. It was just like living, you know, the real rock star life, even if it was one, just, just one night. But that would be my, my number one highlight for music. Oh, that's amazing. And you've done such amazing things. Uh in the sports space and now the musical space. So uh, that, that's uh, some amazing memories that you, that you shared for the listeners. Ashton, keep going. One, yeah. Barry, me and my dad have had some amazing father-son moments together. And I'm sure you and your son Zane have had some amazing father-son moments together as well. 
Barry, what are some of the greatest lessons and words of advice you've shared with your son, Zane? Well, the most obvious one to me is you can accomplish anything you want in life, but you have to work for it. No one's just going to hand it to you. You have to go out there and get it. And that's uh, something that I'm seeing in society now where a lot of young people that have been so accustomed to being on the computer and being able to do everything without a lot of effort um, that, you know, they don't think that there's effort involved, but there really is. You have to work hard. And one thing I learned uh, that I showed my son as well is that, you know, when I was going to Humber College studying radio broadcasting, I was there with 78 more students. And after the first year, we were down to like 40 students. And I think 30 of us graduated and only three of us ended up getting jobs in the industry. Myself, George Strombolopoulos, and a guy by the name of Stan Matecki, who was a producer over at the fan for years. So, but we, it, and I always said it wasn't because we were better or more talented than the other students, but we worked hard. We knew what we wanted and we put all our effort into it. Um, that's the best advice I have ever given my son. And I hope that he follows that and continues to follow that and understands that uh, you can achieve anything you want, but you've got to work for it. Well, that's a fantastic answer. Some great advice there from our best of guests. Uh, you're listening to episode 49 of the Champs and Chums podcast. We're here with popular Blue Jays broadcaster and sports media personality, Barry Davis, Anthony and Ashton in the broadcast chair. And um, I, I guess, uh, Barry, this this kind of circles back on just the, the last great words you shared with the fans there. Um I wonder, we talk a lot about it on, on Champs and Chums on the importance of education for young people. Um, can you help us put a punctuation on that for the listeners? Well, yeah, and, and it goes back to the fact that this is a very competitive world. And there are a lot of people all trying to do a limited number of things. And there are very few people in this world that get to spend a career doing something that they love and something that they are good at. And, you know, that's that's a huge importance. And to do that, you need an education because, you know, the lessons I learned from of years of going to, you know, from from junior school all the way up through to college, uh, you know, those are the things that are going to turn you into the adult that you become uh, when you are young. So, you know, you may not like everything that you're learning in school and, and you may not even have a need for some of the things you learn in school, but what school teaches you to do is to learn. It teaches you to, and, and even at our age, Ashton, um, I'm learning, I'm 55, I'm learning something new pretty much every day. And you're never too old to learn. And you can learn from anybody too. I mean, you can always learn from, it doesn't matter, it doesn't have to be a teacher or, or, or your parent. Uh, you can learn from so many different people. That's fascinating words. Uh, shout out to lifelong learning. That's that's for sure. Uh, yeah. Barry, uh, let, let's dial it back. Um, you know, over your uh, Im impressive resume in, in sports, uh, I know firsthand because, in fact, I probably set up a few of these interviews for you back in the day uh, <laughs> over the different sports that we we uh, uh, connected in. Uh, but uh, yeah, um, you've interviewed obviously some fascinating people. Um, but if you had to kind of narrow it down to a few I, i'll say sports and non-sports 
because I heard an Eddie Vedder story on on in doing my research mm. too. So so that brings in the musical passion for Barry Davis, everybody. But uh, yeah, let's hear it from Barry Davis. Who are some of the most fascinating people, sports or non-sports, you've had the chance to interview? So sports, um, you know, I covered the Leafs from around 92 to close to 2000. So I got a chance to see some of those really good teams and some really bad teams. But uh, there was one guy that uh, I'll always remember. He was one of my favorite people to talk to. Uh, and unfortunately, he's no longer with us. And that's Peter Zezel. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Peter Zezel was such a kind human being. And whenever I put a microphone in front of him, he always had something really interesting to say. So I really enjoyed talking to him. Now, from a baseball standpoint, um, there were two guys that I absolutely love talking to. And neither one of them were star players. But one, I mean, Muninori Kawasaki and Joe Biagini have got to be two of my favorite, favorite people to ever interview because I never knew what was going to come out of their mouth. And with Joe, I didn't know what he was physically going to do to me. <laughs> That's uh, right. The video, more know, he, video evidence, evidence of that online. Yeah, yeah. yeah he, once, he once picked me up and lifted me up onto the dugout uh, bench <laughs> so I could sit, right? So, yeah. Oh, boy. Well, that, those so, are some great, yeah. Yeah, and I'm, I also have to, I, I, I have to give a shout-out to the nicest athlete I've ever had a chance to meet, and that's Devin Travis. Oh, yeah. uh, sadly, his career did not last as long as it should have through injuries. But wow, you know, for all the the egomaniacs that you run into in my industry, uh, I always try to remember the good ones, right? I when people ask me, I get asked sometimes, who was the worst interview? I don't even remember because I, I don't, I kind of block out any of the negativity of that. So uh, there were so many great people that I've had a chance to to interview over the years, but those are the ones that stand out to me. Wow, those are some great names there. Yeah, and, uh, you know, the late Peter Zazel, a great soccer player, as you would know, yes. too, uh, Barry, as well, right? Uh, played in the, the Scarborough system, uh, and I remember that. And, uh, yeah, I mean, um, definitely some of the most entertaining sports interviews one Barry Davis would have done with Kawasaki and 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 uh, be a genie that, that that's some uh, that's some uh, content gold that you uh, you earned there in those interviews <laughs> with those guys so good stuff um uh, well ashton over- uh barry yes. uh th- with your thirst and passion for sports uh you probably have some favorite athletes so barry the fans would love to know who are some of your favorite athletes of all time and why Okay. See, this is different. I'm, I'm going to tell you for me as a fan rather than me as a reporter. That, that's right. Okay? Yeah, a little so, different shift there. Yeah. Yeah. So my first sports hero, uh, and I, as a kid, I was a goalie, and I wanted to be a goalie. So uh, my first uh, sports hero was uh, goalie the Maple Leafs had in the 1970s named Mike Palmatier. Mm-hmm. And not only was he my favorite player and my first hero, but I had the opportunity to meet him on about three or four occasions. I, I may have stalked him a little bit as a kid, but I got a chance to meet him, and he was so nice to me. And I'll never forget that. And then I had a chance to interview him, you know, 30-some-odd years later, and uh, for some reason he doesn't remember me, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was one of a billion kids that uh, idolized him. But uh, So that my first favorite hockey player was him. Um, my favorite baseball players, uh, of all time, uh, I'm going to have to say, uh, Jesse Barfield, 
uh, Lloyd Mosby, Dave Steeb. My God, there were so many of them back then. But uh, those Blue Jays from, you know, the early 90s uh, and some of them from the 80s, of course, too. Uh, there are so many of them. So those, that's, that, those are my favorite, uh, my favorite athletes. Favorite tennis player, by the way, because I know, Anthony, you work in tennis. I, huge tennis fan. John McEnroe, by far my favorite tennis player. Oh, that's amazing. You got some legendary names there, entertaining <clears throat> on and off the court. Uh, and you're bringing me back, Barry, because I, I just uh, just turned 50 earlier this year. So these names are very familiar to me. So the Popcorn Kid and, yeah, you mentioned some of those Jace uh, teams that I kind of grew up watching these guys. So it's uh, it's amazing to, uh, to to hear you say those names. Good stuff. Barry? It was very, yes. Yes, Ashton? Oh, it's okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was going to say uh, it, it, it's been very surreal having a chance to get to know these guys now uh, after re- retiring from baseball and actually becoming friends with some of them. Yeah. Uh, it's very strange that, you know, like, you know, Jesse, I, you were my idol and now we're, we're texting each other. So it's, oh, it's awesome. a very, very, very cool moment. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Barry, with your experience and knowledge of the Jays, you are the perfect person to ask this question to. Barry, in October, do you think that the Toronto Blue Jays will be World Series champions? You're, Thoughts, putting, you're putting our best off guest, best of guests on the hot seat, uh, Ashton. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Judging by what I have seen from this Toronto Blue Jays team this year, my answer is unequivocally, positively, I have no clue. And that's what this team, <laughs> yeah. this team has been yeah. one of the most baffling teams i have seen because there are some stints and we saw them taking two or three from tampa uh and some of the runs they've made this year they look like a team that could compete for a world series but they've gone through some stints where they don't even look like they deserve to make the playoffs so uh it all depends on which blue jays team shows up in the postseason because at this point barring an epic collapse like i think it was 87 um i i i cannot see how the Jays don't make the postseason now. Yeah, 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 for sure, Barry. And, I mean, it's 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 nice to see what they've done. I mean, at the time of this recording, fans, the the Jays have kind of gone in a nice heater. Uh, we're, we're doing this broadcast with our best of guests uh, as, as they're finishing up, the I guess, the second last series of the regular season. And, uh, yeah, I, I agree with you, Barry. I mean, it's kind of struggling this t- to kind of find its identity. It's like it has. It, does it? You ever see a sports team take this long to find their identity? <laughs> you know? I know, and, and they've been. And you can say, well, maybe injuries have played a part, and players coming in out of the lineup. But up until middle of August, this was a relatively healthy team. It was the same group of guys the whole way. But there just seemed to be something, something missing. Something that magic that was there in fifteen and sixteen. Right. I I didn't see it. I haven't still haven't seen it. And then some of the things like the whole situation with Alec Manoa, which I think both the Blue Jays and Alec Manoa have have handled very poorly. But I I, I think that it's very hard to predict because the talents there. We all saw it when when the season began. We were all saying this is a team that can go to the World Series. So but it's funny that when that same group of players struggle, uh, so many fans point at the the job that was done to build the team saying this is a lousy team. They didn't do enough, but we all thought they were going to win a world series in April. So um, I, I, I am really looking forward to the last week and into the postseason because 
the Jays have the best pitching right now. And that's usually what wins you a World Series. So if the pitching can stay hot and the offense can at least do somewhat of what they're capable of doing, Ashton, I think there is a possibility. And listen, if the Blue Jays do win the World Series, you need to replay that because I'm probably going making more of a commitment to the Blue Jays winning than anybody else will right now. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Good stuff. Well, some great, uh, great insights and uh, thoughts there from our best of guests. And Barry, I'm glad that you, 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 you put a little point there on 2015 and 2016. I mean, those drives that, and you were, you were so part of that in such a big way, uh, on field, in the dressing room, on the planes, uh, and the, all the, the excitement and electricity that came over the city during that time. I mean, uh, it, it was, I can't imagine again, uh, if the Jays were to go on a heater here and, and do some things. Uh, but that, I guess that's what it is in sports. All you kind of have to do now is just get into the dance and anything can happen. Mm-hmm. It's all about momentum, right? It's all about, uh, you know, and, and baseball, unlike any other sport you play every day, right? So, it's a lot easier to build momentum, both good and bad. Right. Whereas, you know, hockey, basketball, you got a couple of days to think about and football, you've got an entire week before you're playing again. So um, I think with baseball, momentum can be a huge key. Good stuff. Well, we got a few more questions. I know we've, we've gone extra innings with you, so we appreciate your time. Um, uh, just a couple more questions here. Uh, uh, and, uh, you know, Ashton said that you were the perfect person to, to chat about the Blue Jays, given your experience. And I, I think with this next question, you're the perfect person to answer it too, because of uh, your, uh, the presence and, um, and all the, uh, the accomplishments you had in sports media. Sports media has changed so much. And you're a great example of someone who's uh, transitioned well in, um, um, from sports onto so many other exciting ventures, whether it be musical entertainment now in the automotive sector and other exciting projects you do. But that whole rise of sports talk with social media platforms is so unprecedented. Um, I wonder if you can share with, with the fans your perspectives on how you think sports broadcasting sports talk will take shape into the future. I mean, I'm a little concerned with how powerful social media has become, and specifically Twitter, uh, because as much as it's a great, great format for learning things and for you know following your favorite teams and your favorite broadcasters and for players to, to engage with fans, uh, there's a lot of toxicity on, on social media, on Twitter, and there's a lot of negativity and a lot of hate, and it, it, it makes it very difficult. And Anyone can have a voice and, you know, I, I like it, uh, you know, it, it, that's my concern is that it's going to become too powerful. Uh, I remember when, when social media first came around, because when, when I first started doing this, it didn't exist. Uh-huh. Right. But um, again, I think it, when used properly, uh, social media is a great tool in media, but when it's abused, it can be, it can be very dangerous. Uh, even things like people posing as other people and spreading stories that such such players been traded. And I've seen news agencies see what they think is a, a report from Ken Rosenthal that there was a big trade and it was somebody pretending to be him. And um, the one thing about media, it's not it, it's becoming more of not being accurate. It's about being first, you know. And then we'll worry about if we're accurate. Uh, back in my day, you know, it it, it didn't matter. 
you know, if, if TSN had it a minute before Sportsnet, right? Like, let's make sure we get it right. So I think that that competition and that that race to be first uh, is something that, uh, you know, is, is, it's not a great thing, unfortunately, in the media industry. Hopefully, Ashton, you can help be part of the change. That's great stuff and, and, and great perspective. I agree with you 100%. Um, and now it's time, fans, for the final pitch here on this fascinating Best of segment with our special <laughs> guest, Barry Davis. And I'm going to hand the ball over to my forever champion chum, Ashton, with the last question for Barry Davis. Barry, what advice do you have for young kids looking to become an accomplished sports broadcaster just like you? Well, I'll tell you one thing. The fact that you're doing a podcast at 11, that would be the number one thing. Uh, You know, if that's your passion, if that's what you like to do, then do it. Uh, I never had that that luxury when I was 11 years old to do a podcast, right? If I wanted to, I, I would, I would sit with a tape recorder and do a play by play with a hockey game and then listen back to it. But it, I, w- I wasn't able to, to have an audience like you do. So that's a fantastic uh, benefit. And that, that's something, you know, a young broadcaster, you know, that wants to get into the industry, just start doing it. Uh, read out loud, learn how to, uh, make your read sound conversational. What separates the best broadcasters from the average ones is when they're reading a script, you don't know they're reading a script because it sounds natural. So read out loud a lot and understand that there's a lot of competition, but the jobs are going to go to the people that are reliable, that have great work ethic, and that are willing to do things that maybe they think is below them, but it gets them in the door. you got to get your foot in the door. And sometimes that means swallowing your pride a little bit. Well, what an outstanding way to end this best of segment with some championship words of advice. That's uh, popular Blue Jays broadcaster, sports media personality, Barry Davis, joining us in episode 49 of Champs and Chums. And uh, Barry, on behalf of Ashton and I, we want to thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, uh, you know, as I said, we've, we first connected 25 plus years ago and to have you come on Father Son Fun Talk and it's it's there with you plus plus that passion that purpose uh that you share uh with all that you do um it's it's so appreciated and uh just before we uh we sign off i'd like to have my chum ashton share a few words with you well barry thank you for coming on the show it's been an honor having you on and uh my dad has told me uh told me stories about how you guys met in the wonderful world of sports and um, I'm a huge Jays fan, and to be able to talk with someone who's broadcasted the Jays uh, to millions of Canadians and also worldwide as well is amazing. So, Barry, thank you for coming on the show. Ashton, thank you so much for allowing me to be a part of the show with you and your father. I hope we can meet one day, maybe uh, next summer when we're back into the uh, festival season. Uh, you and your dad can come out and see one of my bands play. You got it. That would we, be amazing, yeah. That That's sweet music to our ears, Barry, so uh, we will do that for sure. Ashton, you're going to take us to break on episode 49. This ends our father-son best of segment. More father-son fun talk coming up. You're listening to the Champs and Chums podcast. 
Welcome back to Champs and Chums. Happy September, everybody. We hope you're doing well. It's episode 49 of Father-Son Fun Talk. It's Anthony and Ashton here in the broadcast booth. So glad that you're with us here in the September episode. And Ashton, uh, it's now time for our All Pro Go segment. That's right, everybody. Our All Pro Go segment is a Did You Know Sports Spotlight. That's where my chum, your chum, Ashton, gets a chance to sort of share a sporting activity, sporting initiative, sport itself. It could be more of a pastime. It could be competitive, and it could be all things in between. So, Ashton, uh, we kind of got talking about something that would be nice to kind of, I guess, give a little bit more of a salute to the summer uh, in a very high-flying way, and uh, we came up with this one. So, uh, son, what is our all-pro goal for episode 49? Our all-pro all pro go is disc golf. Disc golf. Is there such a sport as disc golf? Well, um, it's a, it's a, a different sport from golf, but it is a very fun sport. Well, fans, if you want to listen more to disc golf, you're going to have to listen to my co-host right now. Take it away, son. Disc golf, formerly known as frisbee golf, is a flying disc sport in which players throw a disc at a target. It is played using rules similar to golf. Most disc golf discs are made out of poly... Polypropylene. Polypropylene plastic, otherwise otherwise known as polypropylene. Polypropylene, yep. uh, Which is a thermoplastic poly... Polymer resin? Polymer I bet resin. you you didn't think you'd ever say those words. <laughs> Used in a wide variety of uh, applications. Disc, discs are also made using a variety of other plastic types that are heated and molded into individual discs. The sport is usually played on a course with 9 or 19 holes or baskets. Uh, players compete uh, a hole complete a hole by throwing a disc from a tee pad area toward a target known as the basket throwing throwing again from where the previous throw landed until the basket is reached the baskets are formed by wire with hanging chains above the basket des- designed to catch the incoming discs which then fall into the basket usually the number of throws a player uses to reach a basket is tallied often in relation to par and players seek uh, to to complete each hole in the lowest number of total throws. Part is the number of strokes an expert player is expected to make for a given hole or group of holes, usually nine or eighteen. You can usually play nine or eighteen, just like the like the the, um, the original game golf. Well, I tell you, thanks, son, for taking the fans through disc golf. And I'm looking at the photo here, everybody. And I'm convinced, Ashton, that we, in fact, played disc golf. I can confirm it here. Would you care to qualify what I just said? Yes, I do believe that. We did. Now tell them where. Uh, we played it at uh, Chincuzzi Park. It was sports day in Britain. No, it was oh, family day. It, was, it wasn't. It was Chincuzzi Park. And it was a family day weekend two years ago. We went there and we saw this. Fans, I, Ashton, you gotta, you gotta help a brother out here. I, I know we played this. Yeah, we did. Well, um, we didn't play nine or eighteen. It was a demonstration. But if you Google fans or YouTube disc golf, you will see exactly what Ashton and I, co-host Ashton and I, are looking at. And I actually was pretty darn good at that. I thought. Yeah, you were pretty good at it. But you got more to say. Uh, yeah, uh, just a little bit more. 
The game is played in about 40 countries, and as of April 26, 2023, there are 107,853 active members of the Professional Disc Golf Association, PDGA, worldwide. But listen, Ashton, there, you get, you, this must be in the States. There are disc golf courses? Um, the PDGA, what you're saying, is an association. The Professional Disc Golf Association is the governing body of this sport, everybody. Yep. Well, I tell you, it has been a very interesting, very intriguing, very high-flying uh, episode, a segment of All Pro Go. And you're listening, everybody, to episode 49 of the Champs and Chums podcast. Father-Son Fun Talk, you're listening to episode 49 of the Champs and Chums podcast. And Ashton, it's now time for our signature segment. That's right, everybody. It's our Champs and Chums segment. We salute our stars on and off the field. Every episode, all 49 of Father-Son Fun Talk, uh, we salute a champ and chum. And these are some champs and chums. And Ashton, we are going to... I I've kind of feel I've got this blue fever, this Blue Jays fever. I've been I've been struck by this all show, all episode. How are you feeling? What are your symptoms of Blue Jays fever, Ashton? Um. What are the symptoms of Blue Jays fever? Share with the fans. Cheering. Lots uh, of cheering in front of the television. Yep. Always uh, looking at the scoreboard because yep. it's that time of the year. I kind of think those are the things the doctor would say. Yep. You, my friend, have got an acute case of Blue Jays fever. What do you think about that? Well, uh, yeah, uh, every Toronto Blue Jays fan has Blue Jays fever right now. It's kind of like almost every Toronto Blue Jays fan, uh, in addition to Blue Jays fever, we've all got fingernails that are so thin, so small, like it's like we've kind of got none left. Nail biter. It's a nail-biting time. That's a yeah. great way to describe it, son. Anyhow, so your champs and ch your co-host here thought it would be to follow suit after this great episode with best of guests, popular Blue Jays broadcaster, sports media personality, Barry Davis. We talked about our favorite Blue Jays managers on Father, Son, Free For All. So we here, fans, will bring you a champs and chums Blue Jays sweep. And so we're going to put a theme around this, Ashton, because we kind of want to call these these uh, these individuals that we're going to shout out to in this episode some champs and chums because friends, fans, your co-hosts have had a brush with these Blue Jays. And sometimes it's actually, as, you, as the story unfolds, it's going to be more than a brush. Ashton, take it away for your first Blue Jay champ and chum well my first blue jay champ and chum is tim Mesa. timmy Mesa, you mean the current uh reliever in that world-class bullpen for the toronto blue jays yep well why don't you tell the fans why you're anointing and honoring tim Mesa as a champ and chum on this episode well on the press conference day with um john schneider uh, we got to go see the Jays practice before the gates opened. And Exclusive opportunity, folks, right? Yeah. There was only a few of us that got a chance. Out of maybe 20 kids that were like... about 25, 30 kids in the press room. 
yeah, out of those uh, 25, 30 kids, they were swarmed around me trying to get a ball from John Schneider's youngest son, Grayson. Um, and I was the lucky one. I got the ball and um, got it signed by Tim Meza and Nate Pearson. Well, that's for sure. And you, you've named Tim Meza. What do you like about Tim Meza's game, Ashton? Well, he's a great relief pitcher. Um, we have saw him play a couple times. He's been pretty good. And um, his win-loss record is 20-7. and seven. Uh, His earn-run average is 3.48. Over his career, right? Yeah, over his career. And he has 268 strikeouts in his whole career. And he's been playing for the Jays uh, ever since his debut. Well, I gotta say, uh, Timmy May's a, a, a great, a great guy. Uh, don't want to call him friend of the show yet, but uh, so as Ashton described on that day, uh, a lovely Saturday afternoon down at the ball yard, uh, we had that. And Ashton's going to speak about that amazing experience in a sec. But we got a chance to uh, to uh, take in Blue Jays practice, and so you know, I mean, not every, not all, everybody's practicing during that day, and and and, and it's not required that players have to go over there and sign autographs but I, I gotta say Ashton on behalf of all those uh kids who were uh bright-eyed and bushy-tailed with excitement as uh Timmy Mays Mays way over I actually gave him uh, a, a quick shout to ask if he'd come over he acknowledged it he was actually talking to one of the coaches he acknowledged me Ashton and then as a pro, a pro of pros does, he goes over there, gets the job done, does the, does the great thing, spends some time with the kids. So I, I actually want to shout out, and I believe he's a champion chump too, uh, this Blue Jay, Timmy Mazer, for what he did. So Tim, if you're listening, thanks so much from this, the, this dad. All right, and Ashton, just before we leave Tim Mazer, January 15, 1992, with a significance of 92, my friend. Yeah. The World Series. He, he was born in the year the Jays won their first World Series, everybody. So it's almost like it's meant in the stars. Tim Meza, Blue Jays champ and chum. Over to Dad for my champ and chum. And listen, Ashton, he is a certified champ and chum. Because he, we had the, um, the good graces and the opportunity and the good fortune of having this champ and chum, a Toronto Blue Jay, a World Series champion on the show. Dial back to episode 20. You know who I'm talking about, fans. It is the great Canadian, Rob Butler. That's right, everybody. Rob Butler, World Series champion. Uh, what, what, a, what a career he had, not only just representing his con- country nationally, but of course, in 93, when he was able to... Uh, uh, to, to be part of that team that won the World Series. What an amazing guest, Ashton. He continues to engage uh, on our channel. Uh, we stay in touch with Rob. And what, what was your um, recollection and memories of that great interview with uh, Rob Butler, the pride of East York, Ontario, everybody? Yeah, it was an amazing interview. Again, another one of our amazing champs and ch- champ and chum we've had on the Champs and Chums podcast, and it was an amazing interview. Well, it sure was, and I think it what made made it amazing is he really talked about uh, the behind the scenes and what it takes to be a big leaguer. And Rob had to like fight tooth and nail, give it his best because he he had some God given talent for sure, but um, to be able to make the major leagues, 
it was it was uh, it was a journey, and he spoke about that in episode twenty. And we love that story. We love our champ and chum. That's Rob Butler uh, in our sweep of Blue Jay champ and chums. Okay, Ashton, we got two more to round out here. So these uh, fans, as we've explained to you in the first two, uh, are are champs and chums that your co-hosts have had a, a brush and experience with. Now it's over to Ashton to unveil his next one. Well, my next one is John Schneider. You mean the John Schneider, the yep. skipper of the Toronto Blue Jays. Yeah. You mean the John Schneider, the field general of your Toronto Blue Jays. Yes, I do. You mean John Schneider, the sophomore manager that leads the current Toronto Blue Jays in what we hope will be a long World Series run, Ashton? Mm-hmm. All right. Well, you got to tell the fans because... We talked about it a few episodes ago. What happened for you? Probably one of the most, we've had a lot of amazing father-son memories uh, uh, through this uh, wonderful project, but that one, I got to tell you, it was gold for me. It must it must have been double gold for you. Yeah. Uh, so the John Schneider press conference, uh, amazing day uh, at the Rogers Center. Uh, when, when we first went in, I was... Uh, kind of nervous, a little bit, and uh, we went to the press room. What made you nervous, Ashton? Well, I mean, I wasn't that nervous, but it was like you're talking to such like a person with like such like like he's like the manager of the Blue Jays, like. Well, I can kind of get that, right? Yeah. You're walking into the very press conference room where all the media walk into where uh, Schneid's, uh, I guess we can call him Schneid's because he's yeah. a, sort of a friend of the show now. Schneid's, uh, is, uh, he addresses the press from there. All the big names, Guerrero, Springer, they all step into that uh, press conference room that you stepped into. Uh, yeah, it was amazing. Um, I asked my question, which was, uh, I, I actually know it. It was like... Uh, John, it's great to speak with you this morning. You can see it on the Jays YouTube channel. Uh, in baseball, they say three strikes and you're out. But today, I'm gonna say three strikes and you're in. What are uh, what are three key qualities uh, to become a great leader in sports? That's that's what I asked. Well, Ashton, I mean, yeah, you, you, as Ashton said, you can see it on the Jays YouTube channel on our Champs and Chums channel that chance opportunity that son you took full advantage of you stood out in that press conference room on that day so much so that uh the champ and chum that you're honoring here in episode 49 john schneider responded to this young man to my right of the broadcast booth everybody and said it was the best question that he's heard this year like ashton tell the fans when the when the field general, the general, ma the, the, the manager, the Toronto Blue Jays says that to you in that very moment, how are you feeling? I felt amazing. I felt, I felt like a million bucks. Honestly, um, you know, just from hearing the Blue Jays manager, John Schneider say that to me meant it really meant something really, really nice. Uh, yeah, I'm sure you'll treasure that forever, man. So that's John Schneider in this salute to uh, Champs and Chums, 
is some Blue Jays that your co-hosts have had a chance to meet, brush past with, uh, dialogue with, as Ashton just shared in his story. And let me finish it off with my uh, next Blue Jay and final Blue Jay in this amazing segment, this this uh, Blue Jays Fever segment at episode 49. So this man, Ashton, you'll remember, was an unequivocal leader back in the early 2000s. He was an all-star uh, many times over Ashton. I'm talking about one of the hardest-hitting Blue Jays to ever put on a Blue Jay uniform, and that is the legend, Mr. Carlos Delgado Ashton. Yep. What do you think about Mr. Delgado? He was a beast for 473 career home runs for the beast, as Ashton explained. 2,038 hits. He knocked in over 1,500 runs. He did a lot of those with the Toronto Blue Jays, who he starred for in 93 to 2004. And at the time of this recording, it's September of 2023, just yesterday, from the time of this recording, so what would that be now, Ashton? September the 25th. 25th the yep, 25th. Correct. Carlos Delgado went yard not once. He went far not twice. He went through not three times, everybody. But Carlos times. Delgado knocked four bombs in one game. And here's an, an, another sparkling footnote to that Ashton who was the broadcaster that called that game for the Blue Jays when Carlos Delgado ripped four home runs out of out of Rogers Center believe it was Buck Martinez incorrect oh man to put it into focus talking about champs and chums and we said and this he is truly a friend of the show Mr. Rod Black Oh, the yes. Canadian yes, yes, broadcast yes, yes, yes. legend, episode 38 special guest. He called those four home run shots. And you can hear it. You can see it. You can feel it on uh, YouTube. On, on YouTube and on the Jays channel. Yep. But let me come back because I said, everybody, that these Blue Jays we've had a brush with. So, Ashton, I've had more than a brush with Carlos, Carlos Delgado. You might have had a brunch with him. I had dinner. With Carlos Delgado, Ashton. Let me dial back in the story. Again, going back to the wonderful world of sports. Director of Communications, Tennis Canada, 2002, I believe. I'm in the Rogers suite. Actually, the Rogers tent, right? And so we arranged to have some special guests that were going to join us because they wanted to come and watch the tennis. And one of the gentlemen, so it it was at a wonderful table. Sitting to the left of me was Glenn Grunwald, the then general manager of the Toronto Raptors. And sitting to the right of me, Ashton, was the legend himself, Carlos Delgado. Oh my gosh. I don't think I ate anything off my plate because I was having a conversation. I was having a time chewing the fat. Your, your dad here, chewing the fat with Carlos Delgado. What do you think about that? Well, I have a question for you. Yeah, please. What did it feel like when you uh, first... Well, did, did you get there before Carlos or did he come I had to. We were okay. hosting. 
right? What? Okay, so what did it feel like when, like, Jay's legend, Carlos Delgado, sat right beside you? Well, Ashton, I tell you, I, 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 I might have almost fell out of my chair. Yeah. But I didn't because I'm a pro, as, as you know, and got up as uh, they made their way to the table. This is a big, strapping man, right? And uh, I guess all you could say about your daddy's a big man, right? That's all you could say. And I, uh, I, you know, put out my hand, shook his hand, just like, uh, you know, like that's, you know, Ashton, this is the, the great thing about sports, life and friendship is that any moment, anybody, same approach, right? And be grateful of the opportunities, experiences. And so, yeah, that, that was amazing. Um, had some uh, friends at Tennis Canada there, that some of the senior team. We had a chance to uh, host him. They went up to the suite, had a really nice time. So, Ashton, there's my story of meeting a forever legend, Toronto Blue Jay. And that is, an, um, that is a home run, a grand slam way to end this segment. So, that is episode 49 champs and chums and you're listening to father son fun talk this is episode 49 of the champs and chums podcast welcome back to champs and chums and ashton it is now time for our final pitch we followed a baseball theme here on this episode 49 but it's now time to throw our final pitch on the show it's our conclusion and as i've done for every episode here of father son fun talk here on champs and chums i've asked you what did you learn today well uh i learned more about uh barry's career and also he told me like about you know not just if you want to be a great speaker not you know reading off of a sheet but saying it aloud uh, many times Practices, to practice yeah. it and get it in your head wow. and uh, on the day of you'll be able to speak it clearly and fluently and with passion and purpose well i tell you something i'm glad you you you, uh, you picked up on that learning that's something we've spoke about uh you know on this fascinating project and it's uh you've heard it from a pro a pro of pros barry davis an incredible broadcaster great reporter is doing many other exciting things music world the automotive world and other fascinating projects and all his experiences from sports he he shared that on a on an amazing best of segment uh, you're going to want to dial back and listen to that one two times three times over for sure what else did you learn ashton well i learned that there is a professional disc golf league with over a hundred thousand players in it well, it might be a hundred uh, thousand and two, because your co-hosts here have enjoyed bringing that all pro go to you so much that I actually think I might try it out. Well, actually, Ashton, if I dial back, we did a we little did test. It, it was yeah, a little yeah. test over at the uh, Chinkuzi Park in Brampton as part of uh, family day activity. So I'm glad you learned about that one. And uh, what else did you learn? Well, I also learned about uh, learning more about Jay's managers and also some great stories you told me, just like the one you told me about Carlos Delgado. Yeah, there was a lot of Blue Jay talk here, of course, because at the time of this recording, everybody, the Jays are in a fight 
are in a drive for the playoffs and we're doing our part your co-host to bring you the best of blue jays talk and we covered a lot having barry davis on the show um talking about yeah the blue jays managers it was really great actually to 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 walk back and learn and read a bit more of some of those blue jays managers that i watched in days gone by like the jimmy williams the bobby cox the car well, carlos tosca a little bit more in the 2000s but i mean guys like that like geez i i could name you like the pitching uh, the pitching uh, whiz al widmar the pitching uh, coach of the jays back in the 80s uh uh, just just uh, things like that. So it's really great through uh, our, our episode prep that we can actually look at and, and learn more about these things. So good stuff, everybody. And Ashley, you wanted to bring up something here uh, the Jays at the time of this lost. recording. The Jays lost. Well, yeah. So breaking news here, fans, as we're re- recording the show, that the Toronto Blue Jays dropped that 2 nothing decision to the New York Yankees, uh, the first of a three-game set. Ashton, how you feeling? I mean, it was scoreless when we were looking at it. Then all of a sudden, the Yankees come back and maybe the top of the eighth or bottom of the eighth, and these Jays can't come back. It's it's well, but it's you know, but, been then, but let's let's recall let's recall our great chat with our uh, our best of guest Barry Davis, and when he answered your question, is saying uh, he doesn't know which Blue Jay team's going to show up. Yeah. Should like, they make the playoffs? So that that's kind of follow suit. I mean, you know, you can't win them all, right, Ashton? Mm-hmm. Um, they'll get back at it. Uh, Garrett Cole on the mound in game two. Which uh, you're going to. That's right. I'm going to enjoy that at the ball yard uh, tomorrow night at the time of this recording. Game two of the three-game set. The Jays got to get back. They just The magic number's down to three, everybody. They got to do it. So... We, um, we interrupt that regularly scheduled programming to bring you that breaking score, that news there that the Jays dropped it. And uh, hey, listen, back at it tomorrow. The, the Magic number's three. They win three more games in the last, uh, what is this now, five? Mm-hmm. They have to win three of five. If they win three of five, um, they clinch. They'll, they'll clinch. But, you know, again, we, you, you, your co-hosts are going down to the very final game of the season on Sunday against the Tampa Rays. I hope they don't leave it to the last game of the season. Yeah, it, it shouldn't come down to that. So I, I don't think I would have any nails left, Ashton. Yep. I would have no nails left. But anyhow, we digress, but it's all good Blue Jay talk. Um, well, listen, we want to thank, speaking of gr- uh, great Blue Jays on the broadcasting side, what a treat it was to have Barry Davis on the show popular Blue Jays broadcaster, sports media personality. You know him back from the Fan 590 days, soon doing so many great things in the world of music and entertainment. He's now in the automotive sector, and he's he's shared with us off the air, everybody, some fascinating upcoming projects that he's involved in. So more to come on that in future episodes of Champs and Chums. So thanks to our best of guest, Barry Davis. Ashton, who else do we want to thank? We want to thank the Power Girls and Uncle Dennis who helped produce the show. The Power Girls and Uncle Dennis who have been with us through the very beginning of Father-Son Fun Talk. Thank you so much for all your love and support. We got a big one to celebrate next month, episode 50, and we look forward to uh, sharing that with you. Uh, Ashton, where can the fans go? to subscribe and check us out. They can check us out on Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Stitcher, uh, Podbean, 
or yeah, Podbean, TuneIn, and Castbox. All of those great major platforms that powers Father Son Fun Talk every month, champs and chums. You can check us out on social. That's right, everybody. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I shouldn't say Twitter. It's now X. YouTube. We're also on TikTok at TikTok at Champs and Chums. Our website, champsandchums.com. Ashton, this is going to be a stupendous, a sensational September fist bump, everybody. Thank you much so much for tuning in. And Ashton, as we always say, cheers to champs, cheers to chums, and cheers to an all-star day. Thanks for listening. listening.